live and local, every afternoon, 2 to 4. This is Mark, Melinda, and Ed on News Radio KLBJ. Call or text them at 512 836 0590. Appreciate the heck out of your show. I've been listening for a long time. Now, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Hope you're having a good one. It is 303. Jack is here producing. Melinda's off today. She'll be back on Wednesday. Kenny Romeyer is sitting in. Patrick is in Leander. Good afternoon. Patrick, how are you, sir? Doing well, good, sir. Thank you so much for asking. Yes, welcome hey, aboard. Just, hey, uh, really quick, Ed, I'm 100% with you on this one. We're the best country in the world, have the best gov, gov, gov government in the world, and this is this is our choice we're going to have, these two guys. I just It just breaks my heart that it's either... Biden or Trump, and they're both, you know, Biden is as old as he is. He looks awful. And Trump is just a nightmare optics-wise, his politics and everything. And he's the January 6th thing, all that. I got to think we're better than this. Patrick, are you considering Kennedy Jr.? Um, I don't know, man. I really wish that. I guess my big hope is that Nikki Haley hangs out and lasts long enough that Trump gets disqualified somehow, and we're and we get to vote for her. That's my big dream thing here, and that even that's pathetic. I just I don't know, guys. Come on, we're better than this. All right, Patrick. Thanks. You have a good afternoon. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. I don't disagree. We should have higher aspirations as a country. I absolutely don't disagree with that. I think the the caller hoping for Trump to be knocked out and Nikki Haley being that long shot. That is a long shot at this point. I mean, it we is. still got eight months to go, it so is. anything can happen. But that's that's a long shot. I think. I agree. It's a nightmare scenario for the country. It it's a nightmare scenario. We've got. It's dominated, but we get two Republicans and Democrats. We should have more choices, legitimate choices. New report out today says that a rapidly rising percentage of young Americans are on antidepressants. And the numbers for girls 12 to 17 are highly alarming, according to a pediatrician at the University of Michigan Children's Hospital. They've been looking at the data for the last five to six years, and they say there is a rapid increase in the percentage of young American teens, that 12 to 17 range, who are now on antidepressants. It is shocking, Mark. Soared 64% during the pandemic with children aged 12 to 17. I don't know where we have gone as a nation where every time there's a problem with a teenager, go get them a pill. Go get them an antidepressant. I just... I, I, I don't know where we've gone wrong on that. Let me just say right up front, I'm not a medical professional, so I'm going to qualify everything I say here. I have spoken with doctors, with pharmacists, so this is anecdotal. What I've learned from them, based on their studies and their readings and that, the COVID infections affected people's brains to a certain extent, especially young people. Psychiatric disorders, depression, anxiety disorders, a lot of the stuff we're reading about in this article, girls in particular affected their their hormonal cycles were disrupted and you can say is it the COVID infections was it the vaccines and the boosters i mean i I don't want to go down that rat hole but 
I can't help but think, just based on my conversations, that some of that, some of this evidence that they play back to me is playing into this stuff, Mark. This report says the rate of prescriptions for boys in this age range declined. Uh, the researchers say we were surprised. We know it's hard to believe, but the rate declined along the, among the boys 12 to 17 after March of 2020. Mm, right. So that argues against the COVID factor. Uh, it is up for girls significantly. Big time increases. Now, some people are saying maybe the boys are skipping physicals, other health care visits, etc., they're at a loss to explain why the girls are on antidepressants, but the boys are not. I've got older boys. Is it more difficult now for girls, teenage girls, than it is for teenage boys growing up? I don't know the answer to that. It's difficult being a teenager, but that is a huge increase with girls between 12 and 17. And I'm just falling back on the conversations that I had with these medical professionals sure. that talk about the, uh, the girls hormonal cycles in that of being disrupted. And they've seen evidence of that with these young girls coming into their practices mm-hmm. and into their pharmacies. All right. You can weigh in with your thoughts. 512-836-0590 on a percentage basis. Uh, they're talking about a doubling of antidepressant use for American teenage girls, 12 to 17 over the last five to seven years. 512-836-0590. We're also keeping you up to date on that case in Georgia where the illegal alien from Venezuela is charged with murdering that young woman who was out for a jog on the University of Georgia campus. What is jumping out to you guys about this case as, as you've looked at the details coming out about it? Well, just what jumps out to me, Mark, is this guy could have been stopped. He could have been stopped in New York, and he was let go there. He was freed there and just went down to Georgia. That's, that's another example of someone not being in this country legally and not getting this guy out of the country. When, that, you, when you talk about New York, uh, explain for people who well, are not up to speed, what I specifically... Have, I don't have... He was arrested in New York. I don't have it in front of me, but I know he was arrested in New York. They knew he was a bad guy in New York, and I think it was a bond situation. I may be wrong on that, but just that he was arrested in New York as an illegal alien. He was arrested and charged with a sex crime against mm. a young girl, a mm. minor. Yeah. And uh, New York would not detain him for ICE. Mm. Mm. They mm. let the guy go, and he got out of there, having been charged with a sexual assault on a little girl. So he got out of there. Ah. That was an opportunity to hold him, at least for ICE at that point. He made his way down to Georgia and now Lakin Riley, the 22-year-old, is dead. Police have charged him with the capital murder of this yeah. young nursing student. So a couple of things that jump out at me, Mark. Sadly, here we are, you know, talking about the death of a young, innocent lady who had a promising career ahead of her as a nurse. But it's the tip of the iceberg. How many of these stories now are we going to see time and time again? because of the massive amounts of illegals that have come across our border over these last few years. They haven't done anything yet, but these stories are going to keep popping up, sadly. Is it going to be the the Venezuelan gangs that we see now arrested in New York and Chicago and elsewhere? And then for college campuses, there's got to be, and and for, for anybody, for any young lady, you just please don't go out jogging alone. 
For, uh, you know, that's not just an illegal immigration problem. But that's just safety, that, period. I know but you say that, Ken, you gotta but... you tighten up on this they, stuff. they should be able to go out freely well, on their campus. I've got friends who have a daughter at in Athens, University of Georgia, and she was terrified until they until they got this guy. I'm t- and right, and aren't those friends telling the young daughter, I, I know it's a free country, yeah, honey, I, but please don't go out by yourself yeah. jogging on a trail by yourself be, anymore. Be smart. That's but, only but, practical. But it, it, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying... I know what you're saying. It's practical, but it's a sad state of affairs where well, it is. anybody can go out and just go for a jog and okay. not feel safe. So that's back in to a the- lot of these uh, cases in the news now, where illegal immigrants are charged with violent crimes across America, many of them involve Venezuela illegal aliens. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, this one crossed into El Paso and was released under the Biden administration policy. You've heard Trump say some of these countries are emptying their prisons and their jails, and right. it appears Venezuela may be one of those who's done that. Well, I think it's right. I don't know. 330-some thousand is what I've, the number that I've read coming in from that one country alone. And, and there are many others, of course, that got preferential treatment from the administration. The Let asylum, them all yeah, come in. Yeah. And now Venezuela is not even, we can't even send them back because they won't take them back now if we want to deport them. 512-836-0590. Get in here and join the conversation. It's Mark, Ed, and Kenny, 312 at KLBJ. Mark Melinda and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. And you can stream the show live on your digital device via the free news radio KLBJ app. Thank you for joining us. 317. Kenny, what are the texters saying about this case of the illegal alien charged with murdering the student at the University of Georgia? Yeah, Mark, they're playing off the point I made about this is the tip of the iceberg. And the texture says, well, we're not going to hear more about these kind of stories because this press is suppressing these kind of stories because they involve illegals. And that doesn't go with the narrative. And it plays right in, Mark, to one of the stories you had in our stack today about the um, Associated Press, the yeah. Associated Press yeah. and, and how they buried the lead saying that this this illegal was an Athens resident, is the one that committed the crime. No mention. Yeah, the guy was an illegal from Venezuela. Yeah, uh, a lot of the media are bending over backwards to avoid pointing that out, either leaving it out entirely from their stories or they they're burying it deep inside the story. Even, I saw a CNN article today. They said, "quote little evidence end quote that this crime is connected to the." Immigration chaos. Of course it's connected. The guy's here illegally, and the guy was arrested in New York State. So, I mean, the likely suspects, right? AP, CNN. I mean, it's just more of the same we get from these guys every day. And his brother's here illegally, too, with fake documents, green card, Social Security card, getting hired to work there in Athens, Georgia. That, that's uh, intentional on the part of CNN. Absolutely. Let's go to Zachary at 318 on KLBJ. Hi, Zachary. How are you this afternoon? Hello. I'm good. Uh, I, I, have, I appreciate you taking my call. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm just, like, um, perplexed at the fact that there are people here that are committing, you know, capital offenses or charged with that, and yet they're still here. And, you know, you have, like, um, people in the media. I don't know what journalism school these people went to. They're just, like, gaslighting the public. And, I mean, there's no ethics at all. I just don't understand um, how it's possible that 
you know, somebody could be arrested and be here illegally and not, not deported. Be yeah. detained. Yeah. How is that possible? I know it's it's insane, isn't it, Nate uh, Zachary? It's completely upside down, and yet that's the reality of New York City and the state of New York and their sanctuary policies. And, and look what it leads to. And sadly, it's the reality of a lot of our media organizations, as I mentioned earlier, about how we should have higher aspirations for the, the leaders of our country and the free world. We ought to have higher aspirations for those in the media and just not accept this from these media outlets. Well, I don't know what you could do. I mean, other than, I mean, you vote for Donald Trump. I, I, I still hear people you know, that are offended and disturbed by all these things. Even I'm from Long Island, so I, I got here six years ago. So I'm, I know the people there. I know the people that we're talking about. And, yeah, you'll get, well, yeah, that's bad, and they're disturbed. And But Donald Trump, mm, I don't know if he's the right guy. What about Nikki Haley or what about Kennedy, who wouldn't win even if you voted for him? So I don't see what the point is. I know you had a caller earlier maybe you'll vote for Kennedy. Well, if you want to vote for somebody that has absolutely no chance to win, well, then go that way. But, I mean, listen, I'm from Queens. Donald Trump is from Queens. He's not my favorite guy in the world. But I understand what's at stake here. I understand that sometimes you have to go with the devil you know, as opposed to Joe Biden is not actually the president. He's just a puppet. He's there. But whoever is pulling the strings, you don't know these people. You never see them because they won't allow that to happen. Zachary, thank you, sir. You have a good afternoon. We appreciate it. 512-836-0590. KXAN says the trial of two former Williamson County Sheriff's Office deputies is underway. They're accused of the death of motorist Javier Ambler in 2019. Uh, They chased him for about 22 minutes, ultimately caught up with him. They were bringing him into custody, a a scramble ensued. They tased him. He ended up dying. And they're now on trial for that death. Ed, what's the key thing that's happened so far today? Well, there were some, uh, the defense argued they wanted some evidence admissible related to Ambler's history as a known drug dealer in a previous incident where Ambler allegedly had previously and successfully fled from the police. Judge denied the defense's request to allow evidence that of those two things. The judge did, however, accept the defense request to allow video footage from the incident that night that allegedly shows Ambler throwing objects out of his car during the pursuit, during the pursuit by police. As uh, that was the first thing that happened today, they had to leave, had the jury leave before they brought this up. So this is going to be extremely contentious, contentious throughout this, throughout this trial. Yeah, the uh, sheriff's deputies say that he was driving with his brights on, and when he didn't dim them, they they started to pull him over, right. but he wouldn't stop, and it lasted 22 minutes before he pulled over, and then they had the confrontation, which ended with his death, and he reportedly was saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Right. He was tased. Right, and this was part of that TV show that they were doing in Williamson County where they had the film crews filming all of this. And, uh, yeah, this is – and it's in Travis County because he – I believe, Mark, is it correct? He died in Travis County. Started The chase started in Williamson County, ended in Travis County. Yes, yeah, on the yeah. north side, not right. too far from where we are, I-35. It was near the St. John's area. Right over here, yeah, just right here. Uh, this is going to be interesting because they completed their their uh, initial statements and everything. 
uh, up to a jury. Up to a jury. Yeah. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a tough case because I mean just based on what we've seen and the and the data that's been presented, and then the TV cameras are rolling. I mean the optics are, mm-hmm. are not in favor. Seems to me not yeah. in favor of these deputies based on what we know here today. You can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text to join the conversation. We're also keeping you up to date on the presidential race. The uh, Koch Brothers Political Action Committee says it is finished giving money to Nikki Haley. Haley is rolling on. She's in Michigan today. Trump is in Michigan getting ready for their primary. Uh, What do you make of some of the people... Uh, saying they looked at the South Carolina results and they see some warning signs or trouble in what happened there. They they see warning signs or trouble coming out of South Carolina. Yeah, I think one of the comments I remember was from a, a former a Trump staffer who's now, I think, on The View, right? She's out there a lot because she's uh, anti-Trump these days. And I guess maybe they're pointing to, obviously, there's some division within the Republican Party, 60% to 40%. Not a landslide for Trump. It's a it's a big winning margin. A win in her, her home state. That's the, that's yeah. But, again, as, as I mentioned, you, know, you take a look at Nikki Haley, strong with Democrats, strong with moderates, strong with independents. Wall Street Journal editorial page says Trump can't win without getting some of those some of those groups within within the voting populace, independents and and moderates, he's going to need some of those to come over. And so many of them, on a percentage basis, when they're interviewed in the exit polls, say, um, uh, "Nikki Haley supporters say, no way, I'm going to vote for Trump." You can look at all of this in a different light. Trump has won all of the primaries to date. Yeah. It's been decades since any Republican candidate did that. He didn't even do that in 2016. That's true. Remember, he didn't win Iowa. He's 4-0. And he is on a big-time roll with a lot of momentum. Mm -hmm. So there is a totally different way to assess all of these results so far. And maybe it's uh, from a standpoint of, you know, money raising. The Biden camp is is well ahead of of Trump with uh, money on hand these days. Nikki Haley's got what I think I read... uh, 15 to 20 fundraisers coming up in the month of March. She's, she's still spending big money on ads. So just from a dollar standpoint, if those people that were backing her bail out on her, is that money going to go over to Trump or are they going to sit on their checkbooks and Trump's on his own? Well, in January, she had 1,600 donors who gave money to Biden in 2020. Hmm. They gave money to Nikki Haley. In January, was, they're not backing out. That's why the no labels crowds uh, attracted. They're, they're to trying her to get then. Nikki Hannah to come to the no labels. Yeah. All right, three twenty-six. We have news headlines coming up next. Much more to cover just ahead. Mark, Kenny, and Ed on KLBJ. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at ninety-nine point seven FM or five ninety AM. Thank you for joining us. It is 3.32. Jack is here producing. Melinda will be back on Wednesday. Kenny Romeyer is joining us today and tomorrow. Thank you for being here. One of the stories we've been discussing is that case out of Georgia where police say an illegal alien from Venezuela murdered that aspiring nurse right there near the campus of the University of Georgia. And Maria wants to weigh in on that topic. Maria, good afternoon. Welcome. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm doing fine, just fine. Thank you for having me on. 
yes, I wanted. I got a call from one of our angel families, Mr. Funderburg, and he wanted me to come on and talk about this and talk about the petition that we have to help his family keep an illegal alien killer in prison too. But first of all, you know, we ask for prayers for the Lakin Riley family uh, as they suffer what so many Americans suffer. And again, these killings are 100% preventable. So if you go to our website, trp-usa.org, you will see a petition there where you, you also can help keep this illegal alien killer in, in prison. But um, we will memorialize Lake and Riley as we do so many Americans who were killed by people who shouldn't be here in the first place. What, what so, is that you know, total? What is that total right now, Maria, by your count? Well, it's uh, <laughs> I wish we had that number because because of the municipalities that do not cooperate in giving out these numbers, it's almost impossible. Under the Trump administration, we went in and met with U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions at the time and asked him for this specific information and how can we get these. Because as you know, the media covers up um, whether the perpetrator is um, a citizen or you know his immigration status is hidden or you hear it's a Montgomery County man or a Travis County man. But you, it, we do... Ha- have to do so much research in following the case just to find out the immigration status. But we are the only organization that does have a database, and whenever possible, we print out the list of names of the victims for our state coordinator so that they can go and testify and remember the victims that these representatives and elected officials are supposed to be protecting, you know, protecting their rights. But we do ask for your prayers uh, for the family and many other families. And actually, Mr. Funderburg had me call in, but there is another angel family who is donating so that we can make a, uh, we call a Stolen Lives Quilt banner for Miss Riley. So... You know, we just have a lot of good people who um, are hurting right now, and we need um, everyone out there to understand that right now, and for several years, the border has been wide open, and we're going to see this happen more and more. What What are your emotions every time you hear one of these kind of cases? It has to be infuriating, devastating, a wide range of very powerful emotions, Maria. Yes, absolutely. And, it, you know, um, I actually just had and sat down with Dinesh D'Souza this morning and we talked about this. And, you know, I left the legal field because of um, we were wrongful death attorneys. Um, I was a legal assistant and I left because of the, this too much death. And here, um, um, you know, we're Christians and uh, God pointed us in this direction. And here I am um, with death every day. Um, But, you know, us out here have the easy part because we're not the families who, thank God, that have been affected. So it's very emotional. And I think that especially um, it's very frustrating for the families because their own government has let them down. 
what 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 is the uh, what is the government not doing for these families who've had a loved one killed by somebody who's in the country illegally? Laws are not enforced. Not one single American should have been killed by someone who should not have been in the country in the first place. Our own government is quick to bring down a hammer on citizens who break the law, you don't pay your taxes, so on. But let an illegal alien like this Venezuelan who committed a crime and molested a child and was released because they didn't have space, it's unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. And, you know, we have worked with the Texas County Sheriff to place pressure and show Governor Abbott that he must repel the invasion. He has a constitutional duty to do that. I don't want to get off too far on that because I do want to focus on the lives lost. Um, and we'll have to make more stolen lives quilt banners to memorialize. And we do this so that people can connect the dots. Mm-hmm. They, they know what's going on in Texas. We know what's going on in Iowa. I mean, look, you know, just last month uh, or I don't recall how many weeks ago it was, but the Iowans, their number one issue was what? immigration they're not even a border a border state right it's affecting uh, every state all over the country now maria thank you for that important work you're doing and we appreciate the call thank you and thank you i just point everyone to go sign that petition and help us keep that killer in prison is that a texas case maria it is a texas case it's billy and natalie funderberg and it's probably now seven years and this individual, this illegal alien, received 15 years in prison. He's, you know, he's trying to get out. Um, I mean, mm. we need to keep him in prison. And there was a third victim also, it was Billy and Natalie. They were driving home on a motorcycle. This illegal alien mowed them over, going 120 miles an hour, hit them right in the center. License plate is still stuck in the back of the motorcycle and the only reason this individual this illegal alien stopped was because of the carnage and the debris under his vehicle well that was right here in the austin area wasn't it maria absolutely it was and uh and there was another death afterwards of billy's brother so distraught and traumatized and thought the illegal was going to be released uh took his life so we have a family that was terribly affected um never be the same so this is the illegal alien we're trying to keep in prison what is that website again please maria it's trp hyphen usa.org maria thank you very much uh, we appreciate it you have a good afternoon thank you you, you as well god bless you thank you bye-bye maria 512-836-0590 you can call you can text what bothers me my, maybe the most is that our some local law enforcement agencies will not work with ice or the feds to identify to get these criminals deported immediately and that and i know they do that in sanctuary cities i would assume we still do that i'm not sure how much cooperation we give in travis county to ice with, but it's it's a deplorable situation when it just rears its ugly head time after time after time. I heard you groan when she said that guy that killed those people is possibly going to be paroled yeah. after seven years. Yeah, that is that is not right. Seven years for killing those people. 512-836-0590. Call or text to join the conversation. 
Uh, we've got more to cover with you coming up just ahead. It's Mark, Ed, and Kenny on KLBJ. On your radio or streaming on your digital device, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. The Washington Post is reporting the Israeli military is confident the Hamas leader, Yahya Sinwar, the mastermind of the October 7th murderous rampage, is hiding in a tunnel system beneath southern Gaza. But they say the problem is they believe he's surrounded by human shields, hostages as human shields. Yeah, and herein lies the problem for Israel. They've done such incredible work of, of trying to you know, ferret out all the bad guys in this network of tunnels, and they think they've got a got a good beat on this guy, the guy behind the architect, they say, of the October 7th attacks. And yet, mm. how do they go in and potentially jeopardize the safety of so many hostages who are still left hanging in the balance there? Israel says we cannot conclude this operation until Senwar is either captured, killed, or no longer in a position to run the organization. The uh, necessity is to eliminate the terrorist leader. And uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu told members of his ruling party earlier this month, we will kill the Hamas leadership. We must not end the war before we achieve that goal. Well, it's a prickly deal because of the poor hostages around him. But for those people out there who support Hamas, and what do you think when you hear something like this, when he's shielding himself with these innocent Israeli hostages, men and women and probably some kids. Are you still wholeheartedly supporting Hamas and anti-Israel? And meantime, peace talk, they're trying to, right? It was, I think, for Egypt last week, and now they're in Qatar this week. The stakeholders, the U.S., Israel, you know, some of the other players there trying to see if they can cobble some agreement together, a pause in the fighting to get some more of the hostages freed up. And of course, that's in return for like 300 Palestinians. That's that's how it always works. You get a handful of hostages for hundreds mm-hmm. of uh, of the enemy. But Netanyahu's in a, you know, between a rock and a hard place here. If they can, they can zero in on the guy and potentially take him out, but then they know they're sacrificing who knows how many, if not all, the hostages. You can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. You were going to make another point there, Ed? No, just this is this is number one. I know I, I was reading in the story that killing him would be exercising pure justice. That's what one of the Israeli officials said because he was the architect, and now he is just surrounding himself with these hostages to survive. It's, it's a terrible situation. We have to let Netanyahu run this war, and I don't want to see a bunch of innocents kill nobody does but you've got to let them go through the motions and do what they have to do to win this thing and they say they cannot win this without getting this guy killing this guy all right 512-836-0590 we also have a report from cnbc it says federal authorities have now charged a california prison inmate with cheating u.s taxpayers out of over 500 million dollars in covid relief money uh, this guy was behind bars the whole time. He was working with relatives and gang members on the outside. He used a prison-issued electronic tablet to call numerous romantic partners, family members, and individuals in his gang. 
and he was coaching them on how to file the employee retention credits. That's a refundable federal tax credit for employers during COVID-19. He's charged with cheating taxpayers out of over $500 million. So this one, you know, we've heard about so much fraud and waste and abuse of that PPP program right back in the day when we're just shoveling billions of dollars out the door to try to help employers hang on to their employees and keep them afloat in that. So here, what an outrage. It's a prison-issued prison device, and this guy's running all sorts of illegal scams in there, and they fortunately were able to intercept some of the phone calls and, and got on to this one. But what an outrage. And and this is one guy, a prisoner of all things, $550 million. He was uh, coaching his gang members on how to claim the employer retention credits using the names of fake businesses and the names of some real companies that overstated the wages and numbers of workers they had. And it just went on and on and on, more than 400 different times mm. before mm. he was caught. It just it just makes you wonder, did we have any, any semblance of any oversight whatsoever as these requests were coming in to the U.S. government and they're just shoving the money out the back door just yeah, like there's no tomorrow. And he also coordinated the distribution of over 100 pounds of meth into communities. He was doing that from prison, too, from that tablet. Uh, surely, do, do we ever, when you see these kind of stories, do they go back and try to learn what was, what was going wrong in D.C. and how do we try to prevent this kind of thing from happening again? No, they just move on to the next opportunity to shovel money out the door, Kenny. We're $34 trillion in debt, and the interest is now a trillion dollars a year. That's more than the defense budget, and this money was a part of that. It was borrowed. This money was borrowed and has to be paid off now at a super high interest rate, Right, and it's an outrage mm-hmm. that there are not better controls on these kinds of programs. And and this is just one of many that have been in the news. Oh yeah, it's it's a real outrage. If you could put them all together, it would make people want to throw up. And here again, these are the ones that we've we know about. How many more have yet to be uncovered or still in the investigation mode? And you know, there's more to come. Stay let tuned. Me, let me say, and I when you read stories like this, you think this dude, this guy Christopher Thomas, he's a very smart, smart person. Why? I guess it's just the lure of the big easy, quick money, why would he use these skills that he apparently is excellent at and use them in private business or his own business that's not not against the law? And But it, this guy's a brilliant criminal. He got caught again, but he still got away with stealing $550 million and distributing a bunch of methamphetamines. New national poll is out today. Support for building a wall on the southern border is growing. This is Monmouth University, a national poll of Democrats, Independents, and Republicans. 53% overall support building a border wall. They say it's been going up in their Monmouth polling. They ask this on a fairly regular basis. And now they say 80% of Americans see illegal immigration as a very serious or somewhat serious problem. They say that is a very sharp increase over the last 10 years. The first time a majority since they started taking this poll, asking this question back in 2015, Mark, it really goes back and supports the the point that you made a little bit earlier and and a caller as well, how immigration now is a nationwide problem. More and more people have come around to it, not just in Texas and Arizona and California. And so many of us wondered on this talk show and elsewhere, those who were paying attention, how long before... 
people really get a handle on what's going on on the southern border and recognize the damage it's doing to this country. And the cost now, uh, the cost of building the wall years ago compared to what we taxpayers are going to pay with these millions of illegal, illegal aliens in our country. And we're, some some cities and state we're already paying for it in Texas with all our security measures. It's 61% say the people who are crossing claiming they're seeking asylum should be forced to go back to Mexico and wait until the day they're called before a judge. Now, yes. A, a that's vote the, for Trump would uh, would help make that happen. That's the smart thing to do. And that is the smart thing to do, to stay in Mexico. Think all the names they called Trump back uh, when he was talking about building a wall. Between 2015 and 2019, in this poll, the percentage of Americans who were seeing illegal immigration as a very serious problem ranged between 43 and 49 percent. And now it has really gone up in this Monmouth polling. Very sharp increase. And gee, what a coincidence. The president's going to be down on the border. Is it the second time since he's been in second office? Second time, yeah. Give me in January of, yeah. of last year, he was down there. And now again, you know, this time, he's he's responding too little too late, sir. But he's going to a part By of the far. border where it's been really quiet. It's quiet in the Brownsville sector. Not quite in Eagle Pass, where, where Trump is going no, the same day. Trump's missing an opportunity. He needs to be in Arizona or California where they're getting inundated with all those that can't get in in Texas anymore because the governor's tried to do something about it. What do you think Trump is going to say in Eagle Pass, Kenny? I, I can't imagine it's not going to be a lot of uh, the same kind of bullet points that he's been making for the last several years. He, I mean, he's, he's got high ground to stand on on this issue. Of he's been on it from day one, so I would think, you know, he doesn't need to say a whole lot. Just say, hey, you should have listened to me a long time ago. And those of you who haven't been paying attention for the last few years, look at look at what's happened to us here. All right, five one two eight three six zero five ninety. We will work in some of your comments coming up just ahead, right after the news, which is next at the top of the hour. Kenny and I are here until six. You can find Ed and Jeff Ward next four to six on 102.7 ESPN for Sports Talk. 